Social Conversations. Let's welcome a team guest, uh, Janine Shamos, who's expert trauma therapist, writer, lecturer, and a trainer. We're talking about how to find inspiration after experiencing a big fail. Perhaps as an A-teamer, you have experienced some sort of a failure. Maybe you went to um, do an exam and you didn't get the results you wanted. You were starting a business. It didn't work out. Um, you wanted to, to lose uh, those extra kgs or gain those extra kgs, but it didn't work, you know, and you're feeling oh man how do I pick myself up or maybe it's your child or nephew or niece who has not done so well in their grade 12 uh, 2021 um, examination results and you want to know how can you inspire them well make sure you are tuned in you can also interact with us by sending a whatsapp on 0614104107 or an sms on 41391 you can also call in to speak to our expert Janine on 011-714-2006 a big welcome to you Janine thank Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's such an important topic and thank you for inspiring a nation. It is an important topic indeed because at one point or another um, we are bound to experience some sort of failure whether it's in relationships, in our careers, in our studies, um, in our businesses, whatever it may be. But how do we determine failure? Um, because other people will go through an experience that is not so savory but still manage to try and try again. It's a very important question, and I think, you know, your previous guest mentioned resilience, but anybody listening, if anyone says they've never failed or, or made a mistake or not got what they wanted, we've all been there. And some things we place a value, you know, we're, it, it's very personal. You know, what's important to me might not be as important to you, and therefore we'll deal with it differently. So a failure, we need to really look at the, the big context. Is it important to me? Is this going to set me back? And I think for a lot of exams generally, I mean, matric, you say you're a fossil. I'm, I'm a lot older than you. And it wasn't the kind of same pressure. And I think what is important is that we remember that the pressure is real, but it isn't the end of the world. There were a lot of people who didn't pass matric or didn't go to university or didn't go when they were 18, 19. They went, my mother, for example, went back to university and got a degree when she was 40. So we need to put it in context and, and look at the big picture. What do I want to achieve now? How do I want to impact the world? What is important to me as a person? And look at where that so-called failure fits in. Very often failures are not intentional, and that's the point, that we make mistakes and we learn and we grow and we realize we're maybe on the wrong path and we need to adjust that. You know, Janine, I'm glad that you have given us these examples because failure is not always what we perceive it to be. But it's always tough for us as individuals once we have failed to find inspiration. And I think that's the crux of our, our conversation today that yes, you've written that exam, you've done that course, you didn't do well, you've tried that business, it, it didn't do well. Where do you find the inspiration from instead of just giving up and just throwing the towel in? Because we've heard of cases of suicide of people who have just, you know, gone tired of trying 
um, and and they don't know where to find the inspiration. It's a very good point. And the world that we live in, unfortunately now, isn't always very inspirational. Um, and we need to look, for me personally, I look at people who share values that I, I value and integrities that I value. And remembering, I'm, I don't know if I'm even allowed to mention his name, but Michael Jordan, um, you know, he said in his very famous Nike ad that he failed over and over and over again, and that is why he succeeds. And that's a very, it's easier said than done, but very often when we talk about I'm feeling like I failed, I'm feeling like I'm not good enough, I'm feeling like I'm not valued, other people kind of go, you know what, I, I feel the same way. Why do you feel like that? How do we feel like that? And sharing those stories and actually not just looking at the end result, look at the journey, look where people came from, and don't expect yourself to come from the same place. Don't expect yourself to handle things the same way because you're not the same. But the values and the lessons can be shared. And inspiration can come anywhere. And we talk about academics and we talk about you must be creative and you must do math or not necessarily. You know, go outside, look at a flower, look at a bumblebee. There was a bumblebee the other day and I'm like, you shouldn't be able to fly. That to me is an inspiration. It does fly. It shouldn't scientifically. So it's looking for not only what other people say is valuable, but what do you innately see as valuable? And when all things seem glim, where do you find that sight? Because it seems that you need to dig deep, uh, you know, when things are glim, to find that sight, to see the beauty in the little things, appreciate the journey that you've been through and not say you have failed altogether. You might have just failed in one venture, but it's not altogether. So where do you get that sight? Definitely other people. Um, and, you know, talking about where you are and where you've come from and sharing experiences, I think we need to be very careful in this world of, of talking about, you know, be positive, be strong, be okay. You don't have to be okay. It's not weakness. It's not failure. It's not, it's not a bad thing to say, I'm not okay right now. This is how I feel. And that is for me very, very important. And we talk about suicide and depression and it's not that people have given up it's there's that sense of you have to be okay all the time you don't and it's okay to admit that and that inspiration sometimes comes from a very strange place sometimes it's from volunteering sometimes it's from just going a different route home or walking outside or you know sitting on the floor it doesn't always have to be this huge moment. Sometimes it really is just one thing every day that you can go, that made me smile, or that made me feel okay, or for a minute, that was cool. And keep a track of those, because our mind is very easy to go to the negative stuff. And the more negative we see, the more we see. So we need to actually track that inspiration. What makes you... <sighs> this was good. This was okay. This is who I connected with. Mm. Write those things down and remember them. 
Now, for those who are battling after not achieving the results they wanted to achieve, uh, whether it be not passing with a bachelor's pass um, or not passing at all for grade 12, how do we encourage them? How do we stand by their side in a way that is not, um, you know, too much? Because sometimes when you're going through your own uh, failure and going through the emotions, you don't want people to be too much in your face. So how do we do that? It's very important for, and you know, talking to parents or friends or anybody and you see someone that isn't okay, you know that. You know, you feel it. It's about really acknowledging and saying, you know what, it's okay. This is about your pressure, about how you're feeling, not how I want you to feel, not how I expected you to perform. Um, and when I talk about school, I always go back to my parents. I'm an only child. My father's a math genius. I can't count to 10 without being barefoot. You know, it's just not in my ability. And that pressure is very real. I think for a lot of a lot of kids out there, you know, parents expect, oh, well, I was good at this. You should be okay. I'm handling this this way. You should deal with it the same way. And it's very important that as any human beings, we we uninvolve ourselves from the perspective. It's not about how we would deal with it. It's how someone else sees it and values it and is coping. So being able to know your friends, know your children, know when their moods are changing, know when people are kind of their body language going, no, leave me alone, and giving a lifeline to people. And that's where, you know, SADAC comes in with their toll-free number, mm. 24 hours a day. It's sometimes a lot easier to speak to a complete stranger. And that's the reality. And it's not, a, it's not an indictment on you as a parent or a friend. It's about it's, that's the way the world works. So allowing that and encouraging it um, to be that open and to be, to be not okay. And it's, it's all right. You know, we get through that. And I think a lot of us realistically right now are not okay. You know, there's a lot going on in the world and a lot going on in our lives. And it's very difficult to be a sole support for someone when we're not supporting ourselves. Sure, it can't be an easy journey. And yes, it is true that sometimes guardians and parents are the ones who put the pressure on uh, young learners, um, telling them that if you don't get these results, then, well, we're going to have a different story to tell. And I, I, I wonder what a parent like that can do if they've been saying these words that are so negatively impacting on the child's mm -hmm. mentality now that the child has received results that are not so pleasing. What can the parent do to change that narrative around so that the child doesn't end up wanting to live in failure or even worse, committing suicide because they haven't reached the goals that their parent or um, guardian was expecting them to reach? It's so important that we, we self-reflect. Um, you know, I think parents, guardians, caregivers, friends, we all want the best for the people we love. You know, I think they're, they're very, very rarely negative intentions. You know, our intentions are always from a good place. But the narrative is skewed very often. And children often hear an undertone that may be not there or a, a judgment that may be not there. And that perceived rejection and that perceived not meeting ends of goals 
does have long-lasting effects on things like self-esteem and performance and your self-views and relationships. And all of those things are very complex. But it starts with, reflect back, what am I saying? What is, for example, my child hearing? Are they the same thing? Because very often they're not. Words and body language and undertone, it's very important that when we're interacting with anybody, we, we look at not just what am I saying, what are my intentions, what are, what are people hearing, what are they receiving? When I say, oh, we, okay, you, you passed this test, how did everyone else do? That to a child might feel very negative and very stigmatizing and very, oh, well, everyone else did better than you. Maybe that wasn't the intention. So the communication has to change. And I think for parents, for guardians, for friends, for teachers, so important. If you have a child who hasn't, and I hate the word failed because it, it just sounds so intentional, but who hasn't passed the exam or hasn't got a bachelor pass or a university pass or whatever it is, it's very important to watch your narrative and speak to them one-on-one. -on -one. Not Don't make general statements. Maybe they're okay with not going to university. Is that a, a pressure that someone else is putting on them? And I think we need to look at that as well. Not everybody on this planet is made to be at university or become a doctor or become an engineer. We need laborers. We need skilled tradesmen. We need all of those things. And we need to change our narrative to make that as important as a lawyer. Mm. I think it, it, it's the narrative that uh, we are given about certain careers that uh, causes young people to feel so frustrated if they can't enter into a university. Um, and they, no one wants to take up the skilled work. No one wants to consider business in a skilled um, environment. Everyone wants, you know, the white collar. Everyone wants uh, mm. uh, the, 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 the soft skilled work. <laughs> but no one really is interested in it because even at the schooling level and even when we as parents speak to our children, we keep talking about, you know, uh, an accountant, a doctor, um, a lawyer. But we never talk about a plumber, a brick layer yeah. a, you know and and a, a, a welder an artisan because for us maybe we need to start changing our mindset as parents mm -hmm. so that it's easier for our children not to feel like they've failed when they don't get into the courses that uh, are mainstream i couldn't agree more i think the mainstream is we need to change that narrative we need to start looking around and going look at this building it wasn't created you know, that was a person who did it. The, you know, the, the beauty and the, the incredible level of skill, you know, it's, it's, that's a talent. You know, if I tried to become an electrician, I think I'd, you know, probably electrocute everybody. But so that is a skill level. And I think we need to really change that mindset and change that narrative that there isn't one career, profession, calling that's more important than something else. We all have a place. We all have our, our natural abilities and talents. And that's what we need to play to. Let me read. I have too many. Yeah. Go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. No, um, I, you know, I, I, we were talking about it the other day. I have three friends who are qualified medical doctors who are unemployed because they're 
there's a hiring freeze, they can't get jobs, they will volunteer, they can't afford to. So that narrative also, you know, that, oh, well, if you get that degree, you'll be fine for the rest of your life, that needs to change too. Very true. Very true. In this changing world of ours, uh, we, we can't, um, you know, have a normal because there is no normal, but it will also help us not to have a normal and uh, mainstream and acceptable because then we have less expectations of people fa- feeling like they're failures. Here's a message here from an A-teamer, King St. Nazi, who says the inspiration always keeps me strong. Every champ once uh, lost a battle. You can't always win and lose. I keep moving and never look back. Another one here is, um, doesn't give us their name, but uh, let me go ahead and read it. Oh, actually it does. Precious Ranopo from Limpopo, Hama Simola. Uh, Precious says, I believe this will inspire someone out there. I did matric three times. In 2011, I got a higher certificate. In 2012, a diploma. And 2013, upgraded to college and I got a bachelor's. Went to University of Venda, applied for social work degree, but unfortunately my points were too low. I enrolled in a Bachelor of Media Studies. Then the year 2015, I switched to social work. I never failed or written supplementaries. I passed very well and once got a 98% and I was top one. My message to everyone out there in uh, a verge of giving up, I am saying never limit yourself to reach your goal. It doesn't matter how many years it takes. You, as long as you reach your goal. in uh, I'm in a position of an honors degree in social work from Univen and in the position of uh, employee assistance practitioner certificates from UP mm. and I'm ready to apply for clinical social work masters with WITS and UP. Hashtag be goal orientated. Now that's something inspiring from someone who has experienced, um, let's, let's call it failure for lack of a, bet, a better word, mm. um, you know, uh, Janine, someone who's experienced it but overcame the challenges, overcame the rights. Um, I, I, I'm really inspired by this person. I couldn't. I, I wish we could clone you, precious. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> you win the world needs True. more people like that. True. But I think that point is very important. Is that sometimes our what we think is the right time isn't. There may be lessons we need to learn, paths we need to to travel, to be the best at what we can be. You know, I. I I remember when I was teaching and I used to say to the, my matriculants, you're 17, 16, 18, 19. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I was 18. What I thought has changed several times over the years. And that's what we do. And so sometimes the, the dream, the path, the, the vision you had at 18 is not where you are at 20, you know, and it's very hard when you're in that situation to go, everything will be okay because it it will be rocky and it's not just going to be a pretty picture. But understanding that you are where you need to be and there are certain lessons and people that you need to, to connect with, that very often is inspiring to people just to, it's not just me, it's okay. I know where I want to go and I know where my heart needs to go. And that's okay. Mm. 
Most definitely. As we close off our conversation, Janine, please give us uh, just your parting shots to inspire everyone to make sure that they don't just uh, fall back when they fail, but they get inspiration to move up. I'm going to misquote the person. I think it was Albert Einstein. Um, but he said, the man who'd never made a mistake never made anything. And for me, that's a huge life lesson. We mistread, we take false steps, we look at babies. How do you learn how to walk? By falling and by starting again and doing it differently. And we're all in that journey, all our lives. There is always hope. There is always someone out there to listen. And there's always a path. And it's okay to get support on that path. Thank you so very much, Janine, for closing off on such a high note. Um, have a great evening and let's have a great year. Let's not fail, but push even when we face failures. Absolutely. And, you know, look at the fairies and look at the lights and <laughs> remember that it's all a, you know, where it needs to be. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you very much, Janine. Thank you so much. Our guest was Janine Shamos, who's an expert trauma therapist, a writer, a lecturer, and a trainer. Wow. Yeah, let's not fail. Let's not fail. Let's experience the failure in terms of an experience, but let us not internally fail. Let's find inspiration from within ourselves to keep on keeping on.